清风。哦哦哦、Welcome back to the Tricolor Chinese Culture Podcast. This podcast features conversations exploring what makes Chinese culture unique. And how that might impact building deep and meaningful relationships in a Chinese setting. I'm your host Stephanie Wendler. I've been living and working in China since 2001. I love learning about Chinese culture and sharing that passion with others. In this episode, I talk with two Xi'an International School soon-to-be graduates about their lives growing up in China, what's been challenging for them, what they've enjoyed. What they've learned and what they hope to take with them as they return to their passport countries. Today, I'm doing something different. I have invited two XIS students, although you guys are officially non-students now, right? That's right. First day. That's why I wore a hat. <laughs> That's why you wore a hat. Hans, who happens to be my son, and Sammy. They are both seniors here at XIS, soon to graduate this weekend. And I thought it would be interesting to bring them in to talk about some of their experiences of growing up in China. Well, first of all, Hans, how many years have you lived in China? Fifteen is the simple answer. Yeah. How about you, Sammy? Same. Same. Okay. So you guys have both lived here fifteen years. When you were young, where do you feel like the biggest culture clash was? I guess my first exposure to Chinese culture would have been at Chinese kindergarten. Yeah, no, just the way they did schooling there. I remember、um, the boys weren't allowed to use the squatty potties, <laughs> so we had to do everything in the urinals, and that was kind of nasty.、Um, just like little things like that、it、didn't bother me. I was like three, so it was probably just fun at the time. You didn't. You probably didn't know it wasn't normal. Probably, I've never seen a squatty potty. That's, but that's something that comes to mind as you think about that. You're like first, first exposure,、um, kindergarten and stuff. Well, I went to kindergarten. I don't remember much about kindergarten in Chinese school, but in elementary school is around first, second grade, I think. I was one of the taller kids in my class, and so they would seat me near the back, and all the other students would throw their trash back. And it was just—it was really gross, and that's how I became like really obsessed with not being <laughs> associated with germs, like a germaphobe, basically. And I think I don't know—that's when I was exposed to like how dirty sometimes people can be. I feel like that. <laughs> yeah. What about like Hans? Do you remember as you got older, not the age you are now, but I guess maybe more elementary school?、Mm-hmm. What were things that you? Made you realize or really feel like I am an outsider. This is really different. When I went to elementary school, I only went for half the day, and then you homeschooled me the other half of the day. So I guess only being in like half of my classmates' life, you miss out on a lot, which I was fine with because Chinese school was kind of you know it was hard because I didn't know the language fully. But yeah, just learning through. Trial and error, kind of, because there was no one else to ask and stuff. So, yeah, because we we certainly couldn't help you at home figure <laughs> stuff out. We didn't know, so so you just kind of had to figure things out on your own. Yeah. What about for you, Sammy? It was always I feel like math I got 
the most, which is ironic because now it's like more sick. But because <laughs> um, it was just all numbers. It wasn't really, you didn't really have to know how to say things exactly, except, you know, you know, plus and minus and all those. Um, but I feel like math was probably the easiest subject for me. Well, and then there was English, which, you know, obviously. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, like, the, all the classes that were taught in Chinese, I was so lost. And um, so, that, yeah, that was hard. My mom also homeschooled me in the afternoon, so. Very similar. Yeah. Well, actually, I actually did really bad in English. <laughs> I was, like, last place. You were last <laughs> what? place. No. Were you talking about Chinese kindergarten? Yeah. So, okay. I adopted an Asian accent. And yeah. Like that. <laughs> I did that. It was, almost, it was almost like he thought the English they spoke at Chinese school was another language. Oh. And that's how kids learn, right? They just mimic what they're yeah. hearing. So he had the English he spoke at home, yeah. which was standard. And then he had the English he spoke at, you know, Chinese kindergarten, which he tried to mimic the way his teacher sounded. And some of his so classmates funny. didn't have that strong of an accent. So... Yeah. You were number like five, but we thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I know both of you have been students here at XIS about the same amount of time too, right? One more year. year. Well, yeah. I got one more year. Okay. So you're not in Chinese school anymore, but you still live in China. As you guys have gotten older, where do you feel like the biggest culture clash is for you? I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with the Chinese culture. Definitely not the same struggles that I had at school. Maybe that's because I'm not in school, or maybe that's because I've just learned how to avoid those things. Maybe, I guess, as you get older, maybe more of the political aspect of living in China comes into play a little bit more. When you're young, you don't really notice that stuff as much. What's the impact on your everyday life from that, would you say? It's not not the biggest impact, but just like the feeling of being, I don't know, kind of suppressed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of eyes everywhere. I mean, big, okay. big country. I still don't like when people cut in line. Okay. <laughs> I'm not used to are that you, are, you, are you a rule follower? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At some point, you just start cutting with them. I mean, if you're in an emergency, yeah, but it's still it's not right. I don't know. Yeah. So, so some of those, the way things work out in public yeah. spaces. Yeah. It's defi- definitely a lot less clash than, you know, when it used to be. You feel more yeah. at home here after living here for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Well, and you, both of you are getting ready to head back to the U.S. I know, Sam, you won't necessarily be there long, mm-hmm. but... You'll, you'll probably experience culture clash when you go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> which, will, which will be different. People think they understand what our lives are like here in China. You know, if you have friends or relatives that you keep in touch with that are not in China. What have you found to be the one that seems like the most far away from what you actually experience? People think China is a lot worse than it actually is. It's a, it's a pretty good country to live in. Um, I feel like most people are pretty cynical towards like what life is actually like here. But I don't know. As you, it's a it's a lot different than other cultures, so it's going to be tough at first. But as you, it gets really comfortable as you continue to live in China, I guess. 
a lot of people assume like, oh, how many Chinese friends do you have and like that are your age and you must have so many and stuff. But really, because of how the study habits are here and how important education is here, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's like highest priority here. You know, students are in school like seven to five, and they have homework until like twelve. So it's really hard to get to know people that would be our age that we could communicate with. There's also the language barrier, which you know, as you learn more Chinese, you can overcome that. But you don't really bond as much with people of that you don't speak the same language. So I think that's an assumption that. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. So when people have that assumption, how does that make you feel that that's not the truth? Is it just, well, that's just the way it is? Or do you feel like bad about that? Mm-hmm. I think, because I know some people, they would get like really defensive about it. I think I would just, I would want them to know the truth and what is reality and explain to them. And so they have a better understanding of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I remember uh, when both Hans and Asher, my other son, were really little. I went to an educating children overseas conference that was hosted in Xi'an. And I remember moms of older students saying that was something that was hard for them. Because when your kids are little, it's easy to make friends with the kids in your neighborhood or if you're at Chinese school at Chinese school. But as you get older, like you said, those students, you never even see them. Yeah. So it's really hard. And I know for these moms, that was like, how do I help my my teenagers still have local friends? And, mm-hmm. you know, other parents were like, well, I just don't know if that's a realistic mm-hmm. goal. I think you can have good relationships with people who maybe aren't your age. But yeah, yeah. other teenagers is tough. So, yeah, so actually that... That leads into another question I wanted to ask you guys. When you were young, do you remember what you did to make friends? Because kids are good at this. They want friends, right? So if they're like, okay, this is what I have to do to make friends here. Do you remember things that maybe you had to change about how you interacted or things you did in order to make a friend in China? We're so different. So I think making friends, you had to learn how to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit because that's how they had fun was just laughing at differences between the two of you. So just being able to laugh at your own culture, I guess, and be able to like open up a lot of relationships and stuff. Do you remember anything specific that they thought they would laugh at? Well, I could have taken offense to the fact that at every recess, they uh, played Capture America as a game. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the whole school come chasing after me and my little brother. Oh, that's so sad. But I don't know if you embrace that. You just, you know, you can make some friends that way. Yeah, and, you're, and thankfully, you guys were both pretty fast. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> gotta work hard for friends. <laughs> yeah. So just, just being open and not. It sounds like not being too defensive and being able to laugh at yourself and just accept the fact that you were different. Yeah, you can't you can't take offense really easily for sure if you want to like make friends. That's good. What do you think, Sammy? No, I think like 
messing around and joking around. You know, not necessarily like communicating as much, but like playing games, playing a story or something, playing sports or running around and stuff like that. Just kids bond over not really communication, whereas, you know, as we get older, communication is more the way we bond. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, it's not like you're going to sit down as a first grader and have a cup of tea and <laughs> talk with a friend. So how's your life lately? <laughs> so just, just being able to play and do stuff together. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, you've already said that it's challenging as you've gotten older. So we can broaden the scope a little bit, not just friendship, but what has helped you to have good relationships with Chinese friends? Maybe it's a family friend, someone older, someone younger. What has helped you to have a deeper relationship with those kinds of people? If they're an older person, maybe it's Chinese culture, maybe it's just everywhere. I think that older people like relaying their wisdom upon youngins. <laughs> So, I don't know, just being willing to listen and respecting what they have to say because they might they have lots of good perspectives on things that you might not have thought of. So, if you're willing to listen to them, then they're more willing to... It's not really a relationship because they're older than you, but they're more willing to invest in you, I guess. Yeah. What about with people that are maybe not... They're not your peers, but you wouldn't consider them like an auntie or uncle... Have you been able to make connections with people like that? Yeah, there's a few like um, Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, Dad's old high school student. I consider him more of like an older brother. We haven't really talked much recently, but whenever we do hang out, it's more of a, yeah, it's a it's a friendship, I guess. Yeah. But he's still older than me, so I do still listen to him. So just kind of knowing your place a little bit, it sounds like, is important. Yeah, for okay. sure. Good. What about you, Sammy? What have you done as you've gotten older to have good relationships with local people? Mm, I'm thinking, like, specifically the Chinese teachers here. Oh, yeah. And mostly what I do is, like, just try and talk to them more. I can practice my Chinese, and, you know, we get to know each other better every joke around, just being willing to talk to them and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, investing into that relationship. It's also very Chinese, that that relationship between teacher and student is really important in this culture. Those are some things you did to facilitate relationship building. What are some of the biggest obstacles? And you, you mentioned one is just your peer group doesn't have really time for friendships unless mm-hmm. you're in class with each other. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that get in the way of having deep friendships or relationships with local people? Different viewpoints and I mean their communication barriers is probably the most obvious one. But once you've overcome that and you've learned the language, I guess I don't know. I mean in different countries there are different ways that people think. And I think that can be an obstacle. Like, they may not want to associate with people who think this certain way. or I think mostly just a difference in interests. I'm, yeah, just the things that I want to do might not necessarily be how they think would make a good way to in, like invest in a relationship or mm-hmm. strengthen a relationship. So just like... A difference in that could impede 
trying to get close to someone. I mean, what do you, from your knowledge of a Chinese student who's your age, what do you feel like they would be interested in doing that's pretty different from you? Well, I don't like playing video games. <laughs> and I guess it's a problem everywhere. <laughs> so maybe it's not a cultural thing. but Just a personal thing? Yeah. They yeah. just, I feel like when they aren't working, they just like to chill a little bit play some video games not really my thing so okay. it's hard to connect to them that way and maybe that's selfish of me to not want to start playing video games but it's not really something i want to start doing because i'm not interested in it yeah when you were little was there anything that that you haven't already shared that kind of kept you from feeling like you could have a close friend the biggest one for me was barriers I already mentioned but yeah, just when you can't communicate it's just this wall that it's really hard to get by and without years and years of practice I know you've worked hard with I'm your Chinese <laughs> I should be as good as him but I'm not so but I, I see how hard you work so it's come up a few times in this conversation so now I can see where your motivation comes from just that desire to interact with people mm. and what about you, Hans? Can't really think of anything else that would stop me. I'm, I'm just trying to think because obviously I was with you when you were <laughs> when yeah. you were young. Answer, answer from me. The thing that kind of bothered you was if you felt like people weren't being honest, which I don't know that from their perspective they were necessarily lying to you. But I just think sometimes those cultural differences and communication things, they, there's easy to have misunderstandings. And so I think for you sometimes, what I remember, it was a little bit difficult to develop like a lot of trust. And so then if you don't have a lot of trust, it makes it hard to get really close to someone. But I think even though it took you a while, you eventually found those couple people that you felt like you could really trust. But since both of you are getting ready to leave China... What do you feel like, I mean, I, I should probably call you up in three months and ask you, but if you had to guess what you think you will miss the most, what do you, what do you anticipate missing? Food. <laughs> food. Chinese she got food. It. She got it. <laughs> Chinese food. Yeah, we've got good food here. So good. <laughs> food. It's a big one. Yes. Um, Chinese culture too. I just love like the architecture culture. and the traditional um, architectures. I well, I guess that you're talking about like the cool architecture, yeah, not yeah. the cookie cutter <laughs> apartment buildings. No, not the okay. <laughs> Got scared for a second. Yes, the ancient ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll miss. I'll miss the big city. Man, I'll just miss uh, speaking Chinese is fun. I like that. So, as your big four P's. Yeah. <laughs> Four P's? Food spelled with a P-H. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the others weren't P's either. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had something important. <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit of a challenging question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. You know, who you are as a person. And some of this I think you guys will unpack, really, for the rest of your lives. Oh, this part of who I am comes from my life growing up in China. Mm -hmm. 
and that could include worldviews or values or just who you are. Is there anything that you can think of now that you can kind of make that link? That I'm this way, I think this way because of my growing up in China. I don't think this is specific to China, I think for anyone who's lived overseas, but being able to sympathize with uh like migrants and refugees, people who move to new places and are settling in and have that same the same issues we have with communication barriers and, and not being able to, um, like just being in a new place, a new environment, new people and stuff like that. I feel like having lived here, not almost my whole life, can really, will really help me be able to sympathize with those people and be able to help them. It's also helped me uh, become really interested in like linguistics and English as a second language but just I don't know I love the Chinese language and stuff. What about you Hans? Mm, I mean being in China right now it's kind of hard to see how it would be different so most of it I guess yeah as you said it's gonna be like revealed slowly. (laughs) I don't know I guess more of a globalist view because obviously I'm not a Chinese national so yeah that could be different to where I'm going well you brought up the the what you want to take with you as you go back to your passport country is there a, a tradition or a habit or just maybe even a way of thinking that you really want to keep as you move on Shoes in the house is disgusting. <laughs> Personally. Okay. I'm glad I found a Korean roommate for university. We already had a long talk about that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, there are a lot of people in America who also take their shoes off in the house. I understand, but, but yeah. it's just, you know. But it's a, it's a more strongly felt value. Yeah. Um, I like the food. We already talked about the food. I like, recipes. I'm going to take the food back with yes. me. Yes, yeah. recipes. <laughs> what, how are you going to do? You're going to learn how to cook? Yeah. You just go on Yoku or Bili Bili and you just <laughs> look up a recipe and you just try it out. Do you have anything to add to that, Sammy, of what you want to take with you from China? Um, when you said traditions, I was thinking, oh, Chinese New Year and like Jiaozi right. and, you know, keep that going and fireworks and stuff. So, yeah, fireworks. Yes. That's good. <laughs> Congratulations on almost graduating just in how many days? Five days. Well, Five. Four now. Four now. Is Something. It's a little bit. Almost two. four. Five. Oh, yeah. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got too excited. That's okay. Five days for graduation. <laughs> That's exciting for you guys, and best of luck as you Thank head you. on your new adventure. Audio high five. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this conversation. The Tricolor Chinese Culture Podcast is produced by the staff, students, and friends of Xi'an International School.